0: Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Caesars Entertainment. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G built right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big City lifestyle, small school feel. First class hockey experience. Behind the mask and behindthemask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. By OxyPal, our chemical free line of cleaning product, gets the funk out of your equipment or office. By M Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Summer Skates. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad at IcetimeHockeySW.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh.
1: All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that you may be joining us tonight, live on the Podbean app. This is Wednesday night, so this course is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and, of course, the Maryville University Hockey Saints. Um, All kinds of good news coming out of Maryville, so we're going to get to that in a little bit. But Scott Strandy joining you from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona today, where it's a balmy 76 degrees, something like that. And my co-host, as always, from uh, that beautiful city that I just left uh, not long ago, um, Las Vegas, Nevada, Stephen Marsh. Stephen, how are you?
2: I'm doing well, Scott. Uh, hopefully you guys can hear me. Got the new uh, setup going here today. And um, it's it's great to be here again. It's another Wednesday, another great uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly show uh, for our listening
1: viewers, listening audience. Absolutely. Ah, listening, viewers, I like that. <laughs> Absolutely, you sound great. Um, the the uh, entire show tonight is going to be a little a little back and forth between Tucson and and uh, Chesterfield, Missouri, and Las Vegas, and and Scottsdale, Arizona. We're going to bounce around a little bit because we've got two great guests on tonight. We've got uh, Chad Berman, the head coach of the University of Arizona, is going to give us an update on what's going on down there, and then of course we got the director of hockey operations as well as the head coach of the ACHA D1 team at Maryville University, who one week ago tonight, Stephen, uh, it was announced by the ACHA that they will be hosting the uh, pandemic version of the ACHA national tournament for the D1 level. So congratulations to Maryville on getting that uh, great honor. Um, We will have John on in a little bit. But right now I wanted to talk with you a little bit about uh, just how things are going in the pandemic world because we saw what happened again last night with the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, I think we're starting to fight through it, but uh, it was odd again, wasn't it? Yes, it was. I mean, you,
2: you, and I shouldn't laugh, but it was It was kind of, it was a little bizarre because uh, here you have uh, the game went forward. They, they finished the game. And then afterwards, the word comes down that they're going to cancel the availability for the media after the game. And then the Ducks, who they were playing, started to do their media availability. And then after the first player uh, did their interview, they stopped theirs. And then, of course, today we find out that uh, another <laughs> player tested positive for the Golden Knights, Tomas Nosek, and that he's quarantined or whatever he's got to do. And then they're still planning to play the game tomorrow. So that's going to be interesting to see because part of the protocol, I would think, is you got to – close contacts and stuff like that. And people on the Twitter some of the media is like, well, isn't the whole, I mean, he's sitting on the bench there for two periods. Isn't that considered close contact? But, uh, you know, we'll have to see what happens tomorrow when they, they do a, round, a couple of rounds of testing. But yeah, it just shows you how, how strange this is. And it just kind of goes back to what we've been talking about as we bring it back to club hockey level here, if how difficult it is to kind of navigate right now because of, of, of COVID and and these situations arise. We knew what happened with the American Hockey League, uh, the Silver Knights a couple weeks ago in the exhibition game. They, they stopped the game after two periods after a positive test came through. So, you know, that just goes <laughs> to show you what happens if this happens at the ACHA level. And and I think that's why there's been so much of difficulty getting a lot of these teams to get going this season.
1: Yep, totally agree with you. Um so anyway, we're, we're going to talk club hockey in a minute. I think we have John Hogan with us on just uh, a little bit earlier than we thought. So uh, let's uh, take one quick break, Stephen. let's come right back and let's bring on the head coach of the uh, Maryville Saints, John Hogan, in about two minutes.
0: When looking for a place to continue your education, think of the boxes that Maryville University checks off. Big city access, Maryville is located in the St. Louis suburbs. Small school field. Maryville's average class size is less than 15. Vibrant campus, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country. With over 3,000 undergrad students on campus and more than 10,000 online, Maryville University is able to provide a cutting edge, robust learning experience for the 21st century. From the sciences to education to business and more, Our undergrad and graduate programs promise an individualized hands-on experience that is truly crafted for today's student. For more information on our campus life programs, admissions, or more, visit our website at maryville.edu.
3: At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you wanna make the best margaritas, Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions,
4: your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101
0: for tickets now.
1: All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. It's our pleasure to bring on the head coach and director of hockey for uh, Maryville University, John
5: Hogan's with us. John, how are you? I'm sorry I'm a little early, fellas. Uh, I, I <laughs> that's be, great.
1: That's I, fantastic.
5: I, I, might, I may I might be cutting Chad Berman off here in a little bit, but that, that's, <laughs> that's okay. It wouldn't be my first time. Yeah, he's been cut off before. <laughs> exactly. So thanks, well, how are you? Ya? We're, we're we're doing well. We're doing well. As uh, as I was listening to you guys, just kind of bearing the uh, the COVID elements, which is just part uh, of the course this this season. But just uh, doing our best here in St. Louis, and you know, I think uh, everyone sees the light at the end of the tunnel, if it's uh, in a couple months or if it's uh, next next fall and the, the next spring. But just uh, just doing doing our best here in St. Louis. That's always
1: good to hear. I, we've been following along with it, John, and we've seen uh, some games that you guys have been able to play. And uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a little uh, comment from Coach Frank Ceratori at Air Force. He said his goal this season was to get 13 games under his belt and then worry about the win-loss record because he wanted to make sure he had enough to qualify for the NCAA tournament. So uh, tell us what's going on there. I mean, what, what's the thought process? How many games do you want to get in? How many do you think you will get in?
5: yeah so we've played eight games and we've we've had to cancel or reschedule another three or five just for whatever reasons if it was covid issues on our end or the opposing team um you know at maryville we're just trying to do everything in our power um to keep our our community our, our student athletes safe and, and also the the you know the other teams in their community safe so when in doubt we're just gonna make our decisions out of an abundance of caution but've we've, we've gotten eight games in and um, to, to your point I think we're four and four um, but the, the record for us this, this semester it's uh, that, that doesn't mean as much if anything. We're just trying to keep a, a good perspective on the, uh, our ability to play play and uh, to get better and to, to go to the rink every day and, and get to be with our friends and our family and, and try to become better. Uh, players on the ice and, and hopefully a, a better team on the ice so I know the Chad Berman's of the world and you know over 50 teams aren't even playing right now so yeah. the fact the fact that we're able to play I, I uh, we we stress to our guys every day that um, not everyone gets to do this so um, when whenever you think you're having a bad day at the rink whenever the the, the puck is bouncing off your stick or you know, if you're uh, upset that we have to test as much as we're doing, just think, well, not everyone gets to do this. So it's, it's just trying to keep that perspective and, um, you know, and, and, and hope for, for better days ahead, but all just, uh, that, that perspective, I think, and all of this of, of not taking things for granted is something that we, we strive to to push our, on our guys every day. And, um, yeah, we're, we're we're four and four for for whatever that's worth in a COVID year.
1: Well, that's that's worth quite a heck of a lot, I would say. Uh, my co-host Stephen Marsh up in Las Vegas knows what it's like as well because UNLV finally had to throw in the towel on their season about a month ago. Um, so, Stephen, go ahead, fire away.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, John, thank you so much for joining us as as always uh, when when you have when you come on the show. Uh, I guess on my I my, I'd like to ask. Um, you know, you mentioned you guys are playing right now. And so what is, what is it like right now? I mean, what is, what is a week for you guys? I mean, maybe it's not the same each week, but what's a week for you guys? I mean, what's the, what's the testing like protocols that you guys have to go through to make sure you can get games in. Obviously you've had some canceled maybe because the travels, a a challenge there. So just kind of talk about more about how the, how you guys are navigating this season with having the the testing protocols that you all have to kind of abide by and how that's been going so far.
5: So uh, every week, our our players, our our staff have to get tested three times a week. So we test Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which is uh, more than I think. I think we top the list in the ECHA of of going uh, above the the call of duty from a from a sports standpoint. I don't think any other team in the ECHA is testing three times a week. So we're we're fortunate enough to be at a university that um, can has those resources to, to do those things. So you're, you're pretty much holding your breath every Monday morning, every Wednesday morning, and every Friday morning. Um, because unfortunately, even with all the mitigation uh, efforts that we're doing, if that's, you know, social distancing at the rink and wearing a mask, you know, basically if you're not on the ice, all of those things, you know, if you play in a game on, let's just say you play on Saturday and everyone's on the bench, you know, you can't socially distance on a bench, and a couple guys, you know, have symptoms on Sunday, Monday, and a couple people pop Monday. You know, we're we're all uh, on the sidelines for ten to fourteen days. So there's, and and that's just this, as I said, it's just par for the course. And you know, there, there's there's a there's plenty that we can do as a group um, to to keep each other safe, to keep ourselves safe, but. Um, it's uh, it's it's challenging. There's just no other way around. And and our guys are doing a great job. And there there's uh, there's only so much you can do. Um, this thing is this COVID is contagious. And you know, you might just be sliding into the rink, and it might be, you know, there might be a COVID virus just hanging on the, um, you know, the door when you walk in, and you know, you put your hand on it, and then you put it on your face, and now you have COVID, and we're all shut down for 14 days. So it's there's a lot of risk that goes on to this, but the, our guys that have, uh, that have had it, if it's, you know, uh, the past couple of months, they've, they've all, um, you know, even coach Hogan even had it. And, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, have all, we've all, uh, recovered thankfully. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think all of us understand that we're going to be okay from it. We're all in a not very high risk, um, you know, state, but it's it's not all about us. It's about our our families and our loved ones that are at, at higher risk, and also the rest of the Maryville community. If that's teachers, athletic trainers, um, you know anyone that's at the rink, it's not just about you that the person looking in the mirror. And um, so it's 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 been challenging. And I, and I and I and I and even if even if even if and when things do pop up. Um, it's 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 challenging for these these student athletes. It's challenging for these twenty year olds that are that had other uh, preconceptions of, of what college might look like, and it doesn't really look like that anymore. And the things that they're doing, I, it's a tip of the hat to them. It's uh, are they perfect? Absolutely not. I don't think any of us were perfect in college, um, but the fact that they're sacrificing a fair amount to to be able to play a game that they love and and to do it with twenty plus of their of their uh, you know good friends, it's 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 a testament to them and, and how much that they love the game.
1: So, John, uh, it was a week ago um, that we got the news that the ACHA announced that you're going to host the national championship. But before we get there, you're also going to host your conference tournament too. So, tell us how you're preparing for that and how excited you are to be the uh, the host for both of those tournaments.
5: Yeah, it's funny you asked that. It's it's um, you know the 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 hockey center is a, I know uh, working with them. I know that they're, they're we're, we're, we as just a, as a whole in St. Louis are excited to bring the national championship to to the Maryville University Hockey Center, and and everyone at the rink is is ready to to go and um, provide a centralized and a safe and a healthy location uh, for a one and done tournament and whatever that tournament looks like, which is as I'm sure Chad is going to be on here in a little bit, it's, it's a little frustrating that we don't even know the format and how to qualify. We know some things, but not everything that that's frustrating, but whatever that tournament looks like, we'll, we'll be ready to help host it um, with our hockey center and and with the ACJ. So that's, that's really exciting for, for a program that hasn't been around for that long and for, for a hockey center that hasn't even put its uh, celebrate its uh, second birthday. So that's, that's exciting. And, you mentioned the conference tournament, you know, to, to be frank with you, we don't even know if we're going to have that. Um, you know, we hope that it's always in St. Louis. We we hope it's always at the Maryville university Hoc- hockey center um, after uh, COVID is uh, hopefully gone. If that's next season in, in the, in the, in the seasons to come, but we, we, if it's myself, some of the other coaches, if it's Chris Perry, we, we, we have to do a risk and reward analysis of if it, you know, if, if a couple of us are already getting into the national tournament because, you know, it's uh, it's a limited field, you know, what's the purpose of putting some of our student athletes uh, at that risk for a conference tournament in late March? You know, why don't we just, uh, you know, go off of season rankings and just say, hey, everyone, if you make it, you know, we'll see April 15th in St. Louis for the national tournament, you know, is a conference tournament uh does it is it that advantageous and that those are some of the things we're working through right now and i I don't know i don't know those answers um and that's why we have a a good commissioner and chris perry and some other smart coaches you know probably smarter than me um that that can help make those decisions and again it's not it's easy to make decisions off of today and tomorrow. It's it's a whole other uh, you know thing entirely to try to make decisions off of next week and next month and, and and next year. And and that's 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 ultimately the the challenge of being a head coach and trying to run a program or being a commissioner. You got to play the short game of what's going on today, and you also have to play the long game of what's what's to happen if that's next month or next year. Um, and you're always just trying to walk that fine line and then you sprinkle a pandemic on top of it. It makes uh, for some challenging decisions and, and some choices that you uh, kind of have to live with uh, for, for a little bit. So we're, we're excited about the national championship uh, at our hockey center in St. Louis. Um, and then we'll just kind of have to wait and see on that conference, that conference championship.
1: So what what's been the talk, John? Right now, um, I'm sure you guys are, are at least having conversations about what it might take to qualify, or how many teams you might give in, or or get not give in, I should say. But um, and is there any looking around to say certain parts of the country must be represented? Like uh, you know, selfishly out here in the West, um, we we think there's some pretty good teams that aren't getting a chance to play, and there's some that are trying to play. So. Has that even come up yet, or is it too early to even discuss that?
5: Uh, I think those all all those questions are being discussed right now. And darn, I wish Chad was on right now because I think we'd have a pretty fiery conversation. So I might want <laughs> <I>, to. <laughs> He'll be, be honest, coming. I, He'll be I coming. I, I kind of want to wait and let him answer that question first. Okay. But, okay. but uh, I'll let him answer that question first, and I and I might have a, a comment or two after it. I might try to poke the bear a little bit, uh, but, but there, those conversations are happening and, um, it's, it's a unique proposition that, that the ACHA has. And, uh, there's a lot of different opinions out there. And unfortunately everyone's in, uh, as I think I've used the analogy before, um, we're all, we're all going through the same storm, but we're all in our own little boat. How how Arizona, how GCU, how UNLV, how Maryville, how Lindenwood, how all the Adrian, how all these different schools operate. You know, you're all in your own little boat and you have to set course and you have to maneuver in your own way and to your own uh, beat of your own drum. Well, um, let me
1: tell you and, this. There, there's a boat, John, a big boat that's been uh, circling up in North Dakota for a while. I don't know if they've, ever, if they've even missed a beat or a game uh, with my nuts, state and, and Jamestown. So, uh, you know, we talk about this on the show every week. It's the fairness part of it. Is it fair that a team might have played 25 games and another team like yours might have played eight? And, and let's say the U of A does get going and they're able to play a dozen or half a dozen. Um, it, it, is that a fairness factor or is it just to the point where, hey, we just want to get this tournament in and get this season uh, wrapped up, basically.
5: I, I think it's. I think it's the. You you can't you can't put limitations or uh, minimums in for for in my opinion for some of these because to your point, the guidelines and restrictions are different in North Dakota than than Arizona. And why are you going to restrict um, in the ACHA, which I think, in my opinion, one of the the greatest things about the ASAJ is it should and it is, I think, at its core, student based. It's all about the student athlete's experience, and so you're going to tell people in North Dakota that they can't play because they're not allowed to play in Arizona or whatever whatever relative um, you know proposition you have. So it's it's going to be uneven as it is and there's going to be there's going to be decisions that are going to have to be made that not everyone's going to like but you have to do it based off of you know the the obstacles and, and the the equation that's in front of you and you know in my opinion there shouldn't be a minimum requirement um and I think some of the things that they're doing if it's say hey, a conference we each conference has to put in uh, they can have a representative. I think that uh, allows some of these teams, if it's an Arizona, to, okay, then th- that's an avenue that we can get to the national tournament. Um, but to, to your point, I, I, it's, there's, there's no easy answer. And, yeah, we've played eight games. So we can say, well, it's unfair that Minot's played 20 games. Well, Chad's played zero at Arizona, so like, what are what, right. you know? What, what are we talking? What are we talking about? Um, you know, everyone has to do what is best for their program and what's best for their student athletes. And if they feel like they can be in an environment that they can play twenty-five games, then all the power to them. But if they also feel like they're in an environment that it's just too risky to do it this season and they have to shut it down, then all the power to them too. So it's the it's difficult. It's uh, it's it's rough waters. And when you, when you start asking these questions, which I know that you're very good at, there's a lot of opinions out there. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it just, it just depends on what boat you're in and we're in a boat right now. We're in St. Louis where we can do some things and we're at a university that has some resources that we can do some things. And are we going to play 25 games like mine? Not no. Are we going to hopefully play 10 or 15 Absolutely, and we're just thankful that we can play hockey and play the game that we love. And when we get told by the ACHA one of these days, hopefully sooner than later, this is how you can qualify for the national tournament that's in your own building. We'll be we'll be ready to try to tackle that. All
1: right, Stephen, what boat are you in in Las Vegas? Well, <laughs> there's a. There's not a lot of. I know no. what boy you're in. You're <laughs> in one that's
2: sitting on the dock. <laughs> that's right, because there's not a lot of water around here, exactly. But <laughs> uh, I guess my question would be: is, is as we're starting to see now, certain states are in a position to start allowing uh, spectators, and we just saw New York, which has been one of the worst spots for COVID for a long time, has been very slow to kind of move into p- progress into into situations. They're going to start allowing. Ten uh, percent in arenas. So I guess, what is the situation right now in in your area, and, and how optimistic are you that that you can get some sort of fans in there if you have that conference tournament, if the ACHA uh, goes what which you know goes forward the tournament there, which which uh-huh. that's the plan. But what what's the likelihood that there'll be some some people in the stands for those events?
5: Yeah, that's that's ultimately a decision for the ACHA to make. I think our facility at this point is at twenty five percent. Um, and that's that's ultimately up to um, the, that the the rink and the ACHA to make that decision. So they might feel, from a perception standpoint, that it's uh, not not you know not right, or maybe they just do family and friends. I, I don't know that those are decisions that are going to be made in the next um, couple months uh, before April fifteenth. But there there is there is some capacity that, that we can allow fans in in the stands and. Uh, there's going to be, I'm sure, plenty of mitigation and plenty of social distancing if that's something that the ACHA wants to pursue. But that's that's ultimately up to them.
1: All right, so so part two of Old Pueblo Night, as I'm calling it, with uh, a little tie-in from Maryville to Tucson. I think we have Coach Berman with us. We uh, can bring him on board, and and we'll uh, we'll continue this conversation because if he wasn't listening just a few minutes ago, uh, John Hogan, his old. Uh, his old player, if I can call him that now, um, said there was a question that should be asked directly to him and let him answer it first. So, uh, Coach, if you want to hit one of those green call-in buttons on top, we'll uh, we'll get you live on the show with us and, and take it from there. But, um, well, well, Chad's getting ready to come on. Uh, John, uh, you know, it, it's an honor, to say the least. I mean, I, I was thinking back. It was like this fall, and I was down there and saw that that beautiful facility of yours and I'm going like this is going to be the place, and we know 2022 is coming to Centene, right? And uh, and and we thought maybe with COVID that you guys might have a shot. So, congratulations on getting that all done because it's a big undertaking, even in a COVID uh, season, isn't it?
5: Uh, it's a little bit. It's a little bit of a uh, undertaking to say the least. And I, I it, you just. Um you just have to identify what's the most important. And and for us, it was like, Hey, we can do this in St. Louis. It it makes sense for us. And, you know, if it's something that Maryville can qualify for, it it certainly allows us to, um, you know, showcase, showcase our our facility that we're really proud of. And, and also it it does uh, keep the tournament in a central, central located area where we think that's advantageous for everyone. So, uh, when, when I, when I thought maybe it should be a, a thing that we pursue, you know, for, for Maryville, but also for the ACJ as a whole, I thought it'd check a lot of boxes. So, um, I, I know that you've been out there and it was, it was great to have you out there and got to walk you around a little I'm bit. I'm coming back too. I'm coming uh,
1: back on the 15th.
5: <laughs> now, now, you, now you have to, and you got to bring that car. That's all wrapped too.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Coach Berman. Uh, we've got you. Uh, we've got John with us as well. So say hello to your old, uh, your old player and your old assistant coach. I'm just hopping on. But how many times did his phone hang
4: up and he had to call you guys back? I've,
5: no. been, really, I've been really good today. Oh, he's been
1: <laughs> he's been perfect, Berms. He's uh, he, he sounds like a, a real pro now. He's got this down. But um, I, I was asking John. I said when we talk about qualifying for a national tournament. And uh, I said, uh, he was talking about we're we're all in a storm, but we're in different boats as far as the ACHA. And I said, there's a huge boat up in Minot that that continues to roll over and through everybody. And then there's your boat and UNLV's boat and ASU's boat that are kind of just uh, on the dock still. Where are you guys at right now? and, And what do you think should happen in order to qualify for the national tournament?
4: Oh boy, I don't have a fancy metaphor for you off the top like that. John's really um, swinging heavy here. I, uh... <laughs> I learn, I learn,
5: I learn from the best.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think. Oh boy, you're catching me on an emotionally difficult day on this stuff. So you may get just the interview you're looking for.
0: But... <laughs> um, and that's I, why everybody I, I, push and record.
5: That's, <laughs> and that's why I asked Scott to ask you that question.
4: Yeah, I, I think um, I think my I and mean, this is not just something I'm saying. I think if my focus is on my program and what we can do, and it certainly we can help other programs get to a point to be able to play great. I think if you're playing, um, you deserve a shot at the national tournament. Um, certainly, Maryville deserves to be at the tournament. They, you know, in some sense, somebody's going to win this thing, and there's going to be two things said. Uh, all there should be an asterisk behind the name of whoever wins this thing because not everyone's there. I don't necessarily prescribe to that. Um, or you could look at it and say, given the circumstances of what it's going to take to survive, um, get through the grind of this thing, um, and then have success in a tournament, I guess what will appear to be a lot of really good teams, somebody's going to deserve to win this thing. That's what I know. Um, how do we qualify? I don't know the best answer for it. All I know is they need to give us one. Um, and I'm perfectly fine with saying this publicly um, because we're all trying to make big decisions um, with – very limited information or guidelines as to what we're signing up for. So um, I think that's really where my frustration is. I don't care if you say it's two teams and I'm out, out, but let's set something. Um, Or when we get there, what they're going to take, what guidelines we need to follow. I mean, we've got a lot of people that we've asked to, um, you know, go to bat and put in the extra work for us when they don't need to, and it'd be easier to say no. Um, you know, to be like, you know, the simple basic questions of, is there going to be testing? How many teams are going to be in it? What's it going to take to qualify? What are we, month and a half, two months from there? And we don't have those answers. I have no problem saying it's frustrating to me.
1: Yeah, I I can see your point completely. I can see John's point completely. I I was telling him, um, when we talked with Frank while well, I think I told you this as well from the NCAA perspective, he said, all he wanted to do was get 13 games in because that's what the NCAA had set up at the start of the year as a qualifier. Uh, Frank Saratori right now has 11 games played and has two remaining on his schedule. So, uh, <laughs> it, it's a, a strange, uh, situation, um, to say the least, but, you know, I think if I were on the ACHA committee, I think you have to give some weight to past performances and rosters that, I mean, for example, and I'm backing you on this one, Coach Berman, because uh, your roster is is pretty uh, complete from last year and you guys were pretty dominant last year. And I I don't think that because of COVID, if you guys are able to play and are able to to get a few games in, I don't think that should restrict you from, from having a shot at a national tournament. John, your thoughts yeah. on that? Since you're the guy hosting it,
5: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not hosting it. It's just at my building.
1: <laughs> okay, no, I'm, I'm just. I'm just
5: a steward. <laughs> okay, I. 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 think. I think that's a valid point. I. It's. If you know, there's different uh, scenarios. There's different options that we have, or that, that the ACHA has. If it's eight teams, if it's twelve teams, if it's twenty teams, um, but if you do a twenty-team format it almost allows all the teams that are willing to play to at least come to St. Louis and have a shot at it. And if it's Chad that has four games under his belt, if it's Minot that has 24 at least give these student athletes that have, that have suffered and have sacrificed a lot, give them an opportunity to showcase their talents and, and in seniors, a a way to go out uh, in a competitive environment. So, I don't think that there should be a minimum requirement and and I don't know the easy answer because there's not an easy answer and i don't but i I think if you i think Chad would say you know it doesn't matter if Chad's ranked you know fifth or it doesn't matter if he's ranked fifteenth if as long as he can get as long as he can have an avenue to get to the national tournament, he'll take whatever seat and he'll roll with the punches and I think everyone um, is is on board with that because it's just you're not going to find a, fa- uh, a relatively fair compromise. So just why not allow 20 teams to get there um, and kind of open the doors and say, hey, this there's no easy answer. If you can get to St. Louis in a COVID year, we will welcome you, and may the best team win.
1: Coach Berman, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think,
4: you know, when I get into these conversations, I, I'm always – I wanna make sure I understand the difference between needs and wants, um, because if this is just based on what everybody wants, um, you know, not, it's just not gonna go smoothly. And so it's gonna be, what do we need to do to make this happen? Um, in saying that in the topic of making a tournament, look, I think our program has established itself now with two years of being top 10 um, and being fortunate enough to be conference champions in, a, in one of the best conferences in the, in the country, in my opinion. Um, I think we've established ourselves. My goal isn't to establish ourselves. My goal is to take us to the top. I want to be the Lindenwoods, the Minot States, et cetera, that we talk about every year. I want to disrupt that. I'm tired of seeing the same people. And I mean that with all due respect because I have great respect for all those programs, and especially those coaches. I learn and steal as much as I can from them daily. I promise you that. Um, but in saying that, I see both sides of this argument. So what I want isn't necessarily maybe what's needed. And so what I'm saying is, do I think we've earned the reputation that if we're able to put it together, given all these circumstances, and be there, should we? Sure. Um, but this, to me, goes back to under what guidelines? How many teams are there? So if it's a 12-team tournament, and I can get in two, three, four games and just get enough to kind of get ready, and let's see what happens. Um, and then it's like, okay, well, Arizona's in, and let's say, hypothetically, Missouri State's out, a team that's been playing all year. I don't think that's fair to them either. Um you know, and, and the answer to this isn't fair, and there is no clear answer, as John said. Um, I just think we need to be careful about what we want and what we need to do. I don't want to wear a mask, but we need to wear a mask, and if that's what we need to do, then that's what we'll do, you know? like, um, And I think, that's, I think that's the complication, the frustration, and, you know, there's, it's tough to direct any of this frustration necessarily at anybody when this is nobody's fault. It's something we're all dealing with, and we're talking about a sport here, not people's lives. Um, but certainly in between there, these there's people's lives who are here and love this game and love this sport and aren't able to do that. And so we have to be mindful of all these things. There's just, uh, unfortunately, an endless carousel of, you know, something that we're not, uh, a situation we're not used to being in. We hope certainly not to be in again. Uh, and hopefully we can move past this and, and move forward. But I, I think for me, what's hard is, is, and I speak for every program, not just mine, it's to see the senior class deal with this this way. Um, many of them aren't even going to get the opportunity. My seniors last year, it was incredibly painful to tell them we were done. Um, but they got to end their season walking off the ice in a dramatic game against Arizona State, a great rivalry game, um, to clinch another team picture. You know, they got to have that moment. This senior class didn't even get to get started. And, um, in, in, you know, and I've got some guys who have been – a part of what make this program what it is today. When you look at, um, you know, Churro and, and Cusinelli and Bailey Marshall, uh, Alex Johansson, uh, you know, those captains in my group, um, that's that's really where I'm
1: at. I just uh, I can't change that. I can't fix that for them. It sucks. Okay. So, so, Coach Berman, give us an update where you are at this moment. I mean, we know you at least have ice now with the uh, – the roadrunners playing. But uh, how, how close are you or are you close at all of being able to get on the ice and start to practice? I saw a little something that came across from uh, the rec department down there, but tell us where you're at right now. Where am I
4: at? Well, I'm on a ledge. I'm half off. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> I would say, um, you know – could, again, couldn't be more grateful of our program and, and Troy Vaughn and, and everybody on us on his team to continue to fight avenues for us to play. I would say there's a real possibility we could get on the ice here soon for the month of by the month of March. At least get, to get you guys out there. Um, you know, we'd like to um, look at potentially uh, scheduling games locally with with another team uh, in the area here. Um, and if so, we could at least provide some kind of competition and. And frankly, I need some evaluation of some of my rookie class here. Um, and then, you know, we're still hopeful for the national tournament, but can't say it enough. We don't know what we're signing up for, and so we don't know how to plan for it. Um, and beyond the billion other obstacles, it just that every day that ticks by, that that something's not that someone doesn't take a lead and set us uh, take a stance and say this is what it needs to be. Until that happens, I think unfortunately some good programs are doing the right things aren't going to be able able to participate. I think that's the tragedy lost in
1: the mix. Well, I can tell you the same thing from uh, the NCAA level because uh, the strangest thing I've seen so far this year in COVID was I was at uh, Oceanside for Arizona State's exhibition against the uh, U.S. National uh, Development Program, and they played their home opener on Thursday night and their season finale at home on Friday night. And (laughs) I've never witnessed anything like that, but – I wow. believe they pulled it off very successfully. They had family and friends in the building. Uh, they had media in the building. And, and from all reports that I've heard, everybody uh, everybody came through it pretty well. So I'm pulling for you guys to get on the ice. Uh, John, definitely pulling for you to be able to get this thing going. And uh, I like the idea if there's like 20 teams, just bring them all to St. Louis and, and uh, battle it out.
4: Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what their intentions are with that because the original concern was trying to minimize the amount of teams in one building, and so that's um, what's, that's honestly what got us away from a plan we had set that probably would be quite honestly working just fine right now um, had one or a few minority voices not been the loudest in the group. Um, and now I think we've got a case of uh, paralysis by analysis. Don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to insult anybody. We'll let you guys figure it out. And unfortunately,
1: I think that's going to cost some people. John, you got to follow up on that.
5: I, 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 agree with all those things. It's it's unfor- it's unfortunate. It's it's the, these decisions could have and should have been made uh, months ago, and now we're in a situation where it's the middle of February, and teams that are playing have no idea. Uh, what we've signed up for. And then you have teams, uh, like Chad that are, well, how are they supposed to make a decision if they, you know, these are, these are big money decisions and we've now have just waited too long. And now we're stuck uh, in between a rock and a hard place. And it's, it's unfortunate. There's just no other way around it. And it's, um, it's been, um, I think we've catered to um, a loud minority. When you, these decisions are never going to, um, not everyone's going to be happy, and we ha- and you have to be okay with that when you're in a leadership role. And at this point, um, there there needs to be some leadership and there needs to be some decision making sooner than later uh, for all all parties considered. So it's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for these programs and it's unfortunate ultimately for our student athletes.
4: Well, let's put some context to what we're talking about here, too. I mean, I'm incredibly happy for John and his program and his players that they're able to to go out and compete. And so far, have done a great job and have remained healthy. Um, I'm just as disappointed and hurt for my guys that they can't. But ultimately, what John and I are talking about from opposite sides of the field is we're we're talking about the ACHA in itself and and that um, this league deserves more than this. It deserves more than this. That's all all I keep going back to. If you – you look at these top programs, I mean, I'm watching all these games because it's the only thing I can control. If I play Minot State or Adrian, I guarantee you I'm prepared for them because that's the only thing I can control right now. But you watch these teams, these guys are great teams. Gary's got another great team at Adrian. Wade, in my opinion, my favorite coach in the ACHA is steal from him. I love learning from him. Uh, you got went out there and Rick. We haven't even brought up uh, the job Kirk Candy's done at, at Liberty, who just beat an NCAA Division One opponent. And that is not the first time it's happened. It happened a few years ago, um, and it won't be the last time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm proud of this league and for what we're doing. I want it to go to bigger and better places, and I think we need to address some things to make sure we do that. And so I think part of the pain is not just coming from a sexual, selfish point of our programs. I think we care too much about this league to see it um, mishandled this way, and, and I'm hoping, you know, if nothing else, people will learn from this. But um, it's definitely heartbreaking to see. It's, it's heartbreaking the situation. And, and then it's
1: also heartbreaking the way the situation is being handled. Well, guys, I, I know Steven's still uh, probably got some questions for you, but I want to throw one compliment out to both of you guys because one of the things I've harped on um, since the start, of this is episode number 51 for us, so uh, we've talked a lot of hockey, a lot of club hockey over the year. But um, one of the things I said is that, especially at the ACHA level, you got to keep your programs relevant. Even if it means if you're not playing, you know, by having your stores open online or by uh, putting something out on social media, and and I'm so proud of all the schools that I've seen out there, and there's been some that haven't, in my estimation, done what I thought they could have. But when you're talking about the ACHA as a whole, and you look up at Utah, and uh, you look at uh, U of A and U, UNLV and, and and Maryville, and you just go on and on and on about how you guys have kept your uh, your programs relevant. And I think that's important if if you're going to continue to grow the ACHA and, and get better. So uh, kudos to both of you guys on that. Your thoughts, uh, uh, John, on that, of uh, just keeping relevant and how important it is to keep your fan base, letting them know that you're there?
5: Well, in today's world, especially in a COVID world, we're all attached to this, our screens, if that's a TV, if that's our phone. So – you have to be relevant on social media. You have to be trying to connect with those uh, those fans, those those recruits, those players, those families, um, sponsors, all that kind of stuff. Because in the ECHA, you're basically going year to year. If it's players, if it's sponsorship, whatever it is, and it takes a tremendous uh, – a lot of time and effort from, you know, the, the people that are running those, those organizations and programs. So – you know, if it's Chad trying to go raise money so they can go to a national tournament, or if it's all these programs, it, it takes a lot. And um, t- to your point, there's been a lot of programs that are that are doing the right things that are that are understanding that hey, there is a time after COVID, and we have to be ready for that. So um, it's easy to kind of get down and be kind of uh, uh, you know disappointed and in. Uh, in about the the situation that we're in, but you, you got to be ready for what's to come, and hopefully some brighter days ahead. And that's why you connect with your fan base. That's why you keep them interested, um, if it's commitments or if it's games or whatever it is. So it's uh, it's it's really important. It's uh it's the li- it's the lifeline of, of our programs in the ACHA.
1: Chad, your uh, your yep. two cents worth on that?
4: Yeah, without question. Um, and I think there I think there's an obligation. It's like guerrilla marketing to me. I think there's an obligation to each university to do so that so that collectively across the country we're spreading all the good things we're doing, first of all. Uh, but second of all, um, you know, I guess for our rivals who don't do it, great. I, To me, that's the first step in recruiting. Um, we want to showcase what we're doing. We we feel here, like my recruiting pitch is pretty simple. We give you the experience of a lifetime. You might be able to play somewhere with 70 degrees. You might be able to play somewhere with 5,000 people in the stands, and you might be able to um, to play where with our business agreement, but you're not going to find a place if you do all of it. So to me, if you're not showcasing who you are and what you do, um, you're missing the very first steps of your recruiting process because the the fact of the matter is the recruiting starts mainly from a word-of-mouth standpoint in our league. Um, and so when, when I'm projecting or we're projecting a program, what we're doing and the things we want to accomplish and the things we're doing in the community, what we're ultimately doing is like I don't believe in Convincing people to come to my program. I want people that want to be here. And so what I'm doing is I'm not telling you why you need to come here. I'm showing you why you should be here. Um, and to me, I want to, I want to attract like-minded people. When I first was recruiting here, if I, I've had one question every time I recruit and you'll see it in my articles when we post. <laughs> um, why did you choose the University of Arizona? Well, in the first couple of years, it was, it's a fun school. The weather's good. I guarantee you now you go back through these and it's, I want to be a part of a championship. What happened was we started attracting the kind of people we wanted by projecting the kind of program we want to be in our. Uh, and instead of telling people all these things we can do, we're sh- we're not telling them, we're showing them. And then from there, we can whittle it down to who we think is part of what we want to be and it takes us to the next level. So uh, beyond the the uh, importance of it league-wise, I just think it's the first steps for recruiting, and, and anybody who's not doing it is missing out.
5: And each team, each team can do this uh, from an individual basis for their own program. But what a a platform now that the ACHA has of saying, is there hockey being played in college? And the NCAA, they've dealt with it in their own way. And that's, and we go back to that's the frustrating point. The ACHA had a phenomenal opportunity to showcase um, some leadership, some showcase, some um, adaptation, And it's it's unfortunate that we're still sitting here in February uh, with not much to show for it um, to kind of bring it back full circle, um, not to, to put a damper on the on the point.
4: I really well, thought
1: I got us out of that misery there, John. You
4: just—you dr- just. Dr- ah, <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh,
5: you
1: two sidekicks. That's what you two are. <laughs> okay, He's, so John's at
4: John's at uh, Debbie Downer,
1: and I said no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Uh, uh, no comment. I love it. <laughs> Okay, so so here's here's how I want to put a bow on it for for everybody and and Steven, I'm sorry that we've uh, kind of locked you out of this here, but <laughs>
2: hey, this is great. Um, this is great. I'm loving the uh, I'm loving the, the the back and forth between these two. You can tell these two are are passionate <laughs> about the, the, the league and their teams and and want the success of everything. And so that's always important. So uh, it's been great listening to it.
1: Okay, so. So as I started earlier with uh, saying that I'm so proud of John for being able to get this uh, uh, national tournament in St. Louis and and the short time that I was there and visited with them uh, this fall, I I could see the passion in the building, in the way things were done, uh, in the branding and the St. Louis area and the excitement. And I think uh, when this tournament goes off, if it's 10 teams or 20 teams or whatever it is, it's going to go off uh, first class. So, John, uh, hats off to you for uh, for doing everything that you do. It's it's an incredible thing when you consider that it's been, what, not even two years for that building, much less uh, the program. So uh, congratulations on that. And, Coach Berman, i got to give you a pat on the back, as I always do, because nobody has a tougher way of running a program than you do. I mean, you have every obstacle under the sun. You have every reason to uh, – to just throw in the towel and yet you continually put out championship teams. So, um, patting you guys both on the back for that. And the ACHA needs to take a, a really hard look at, at, what's going on in both your programs. And, and, uh, hopefully this national tournament will include both of you and hopefully it'll be as big a success as I think it will.
5: Well, I, I learned from the best in Chad Berman. So, <laughs> Oh jeez! <laughs> uh, <laughs>
4: uh, I I appreciate Scott. It's uh, you know it's an honor to coach at the, at the University of Arizona and in the ACHA, and it's certainly fun to watch your former players, you know, do do what John's done in such a short amount of time to literally triple the size of the program, and um, they're on their way to being a ranked team, and, and um, you know if we're not there, certainly we'll be uh, cheering for Mar- for Maryville at a distance out here. Um, we'll be at flip flops. It'll
5: be different that way, but uh, we'll still be sure. <laughs> it's, that, it's like that recruiting uh, feeling. That a boy. That boy.
1: Okay. But now, as we let things go tonight on another Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, I have to throw in this thing because uh, I, in our NCAA shows, uh, people have said we didn't know what was going to happen in COVID. We thought hockey was going to take a big hit, and uh, hockey did not take a big hit. Uh, NCAA added uh, um, LIU out in New York, and uh, the chatter is again out there. I asked John this off uh, off the show, but um, Lindenwood talking again about going NCAA. How important is it to you guys to see uh d one programs accelerate up to NCAA, or doesn't it matter to you two?
5: I'll let the, I'll let the elders speak <laughs> you it. You, uh,
1: you, you must <laughs> – you must
4: be in close proximity to Rick. I'll say good for them. <laughs> uh, good for them. Good for Rick. I've known Rick a long time. Um, you know, I, I, I certainly think, you know, with the facility, the quality of play that they have, that's something to pull off from an administrative standpoint. Clearly, they're um, that's what they do is they utilize their sports to bring in, you know, tuition dollars, and it seems like a strategy they're going to move forward with. Um, it's not shocking. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm indifferent. I'm not like, oh, awesome, they're moving up. Um, I mean, I'm happy for the people that want to make it happen, but, um, you know, also we want like the top teams in our league to stay and, and continue to add more to those top teams. And, um, so I'm, I'm really indifferent about it. I definitely was not, indi- I wasn't real pumped for ASU because we didn't know what that was going to look like around here for us. So, um, that was a different environment. Um, so I guess Lindenwood or somebody like that would be, uh, probably a different effect, but I, I don't really, I don't know, maybe we're so locked into our own, um, things going on that it just doesn't right? good for them I don't know what else to say
5: John how about you yeah I Rick and uh, I know Chad knows Rick from from forever ago but Ch- uh Rick Rick gave my my brother and I lessons when we were like seven so we we go pretty far back with Rick and he's built a phenomenal program at Lindenwood and you know, it's a it's an in town rival, so you're always trying to be better. And I think uh, maybe that in ASU, I think maybe that can kind of resonate with what Chad's doing. But to uh, to Chad's point, um, like what other teams are doing, like that's all the power to them. And if that's growing the game of hockey, and if it's in St. Louis, if it's in Tempe or wherever it might be, um, I think I think that's good for everyone. And um, all you can do in, in your own program, if it's in Tucson or if it's in St. Louis, is worry about yourself and the things that we can control. Um, and and at, at Maryville right now, that's about building, trying to build a top 15 perennial program, uh, you know, with t- three teams in the program. That, that's what we're going to focus on at a in a new hockey facility. And what Linda Wood does 20 minutes away, you know, all the power to them. And if that's something they want to pursue, then, I'm happy for Rick and happy all the things that he's done well there.
1: Yeah, very well said. I, I think I uh, echo those same thoughts. Um, obviously, when we talk about the growth of, uh, of the NCAA, th- that's where everybody looks, right? They look to uh, to see what Penn State did and what ASU did. And I, I know I was up in Vegas this last weekend, and, and everybody's buzzing about that. It's like, when is UNLV going to make the jump? And is it going to be after the uh, the AHL team up there has some success or – or how yeah, is that all going to come together? I
5: think it's next year, right, Chad? we <laughs> oh, <come on.
1: laughs> ah, Steven got even quiet on that one because he doesn't want to get involved in this either. But uh, <laughs> uh, whenever it happens, it happens. I was just curious as uh, D one coaches how you guys felt about that, if it was something. And, and I think you both uh, told me pretty directly how it is, so Uh, You worry about your programs. You do what you do, right? But,
4: well, in the big picture, though, more Division One opportunities for kids across our country, awesome. Like, that's a lot of, there's a lot of kids dreaming of that. So, you know, unselfishly, you back up a thousand feet there, and 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 it's great for the game. It's great for those areas. It's great for NCAA hockey, which certainly propels things from there. And and we feed off of that, and then people below us feed off of that. And so um, it does matter, it does make an impact.
5: And I think everyone in St. Louis uh, has been, you know, with the with the Blues winning. I think everyone knows St. Louis has the market to to withstand a, a Division One hockey team and and can support it. Now, um, me, biasly, you know, do do you like the Linwood Lions? Not really. You don't really like them that much, um, <laughs> you know. But but you know, again, from just a hockey standpoint, of just a, a regular average Joe in St. Louis, it's it's great for a kid to to be able to uh, grow up in in St. Louis with great AAA hockey and to then say, my gosh, there's a, there's an NCAA D one team in town. Like that's, that's something special. And, and to Chad's point, there's, there's a lot of really good hockey players in, in, in the, across the United States that um, there's only so many D one hockey teams. And if there's a couple more that want to come online, that's just, that's just more dreams that can uh, be fulfilled. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think if it happens, it will be great for St. Louis and, and its hockey community.
1: Fantastic talk, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, John, make sure that you prop open the back door if you're not going to let media in on uh, April 15th because Stephen and I might uh, need to sneak in the
5: back door. <laughs> I th- I th- I th- I Did think I say I know that
1: publicly?
5: <laughs> I, I, I think I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, you got guy, uh, and coach Berman uh,
1: let's see if we can get your guys on the ice because uh, I know your team as well as any and and uh, boy it breaks my heart to not see those guys get a shot because uh, I thought they deserved it last year I think they deserve it even more this year so thank you both for joining us it's always a pleasure you guys are welcome anytime John thanks for your support of the show uh, we love having you as our uh, presenting partner and uh, your university stands for itself so you Thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll be right back in about three minutes. So Stephen and I can wrap up another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly.
0: Behind the mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and players are constantly having to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season, that doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories that you need by visiting our stores or BehindTheMask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at BehindTheMask.com. We have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our Three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Your hometown
4: hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale support your wildcats as they battle asu for another cactus cup championship and more at the tucson arena your hockey team your arizona wildcats call 791-4101
0: for tickets now if you live in the valley you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating mexican food But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995, go to BurritoExpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery.
1: All right, we're back. Uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, nice, spirited, fun uh, conversation. Your thoughts on uh, what you heard from our two coaches?
2: Yeah, and I was just sitting on my boat, which won't, which can't go anywhere right now. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's see what the boat analogy—Lake Lake Las Vegas boat, right up on the ramp, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, it's it's
2: it was a great conversation. I it was always good to have those those two on and to have them on together even more. So obviously they know each other very well, and and you can tell that they they want this to be successful. They want you know the season's obviously tough because of the situation we're in. But uh, for Arizona, you know they're looking to try to get some games in and try to get a season. And sounds like they're progressing towards a, a, a ability to be able to play but it sounds like a lot of that the the decisions rides on exactly how the tournament is going to be formatted. What's that going to look like? Because then you can start making maybe planning if if that's a possibility. So when the ACHA hasn't decided on a a concrete uh, plan yet, or hasn't come up with something yet, then there's some, there's some frustration there. And then you got like Maryville university and John Hogan there and, and they're hosting this thing. and, And I'm sure they'd like to have a little bit of heads up exactly what, they could expect, you know, how many teams are going to roll through there. Um, you know, what's, what's the protocols going to be, you know, what, what's going to be allowed, what kind of allow fans or not fans. They're allowing 25% right now. So uh, in, in St. Louis, there where they play. So it's, it's, there's a lot of factors that, you know, and we're in February now and, you know, you got, what, two months supposedly is when this, this tournament is supposed to take place. So, I mean, a lot, a lot is going to, have to happen here in two months. You know, we, as this season went on, there was a lot of seem like deadlines or dates that we needed to look towards. And as we got to January, okay, you were going to get an idea of who was in and who was out, but then now we're into January and we still don't know who's all in and who's all out. There's some teams that still could, could play. Yeah. That's and, and there's some teams that have some resumed and, and some others that have decided that they, they don't want to play, but they're allowing, you know other teams to, to to come in later so i guess it makes it tough for them but it also makes it tough for the for the teams cuz the teams that want to play they they want to know is it going to be worth it going through all these things to, to play cuz it's it's a challenge obviously with, with certain protocols and testing and everything that you have to go but then the other side of that is you got to do the athletes and, and and give them a chance to play if if there's an ability to do that but if you you know but you don't know what the you know there's a lot of costs associated with going to the tournament and and everything and even more so probably this year so it's there's a lot of things so it's the uncertainty of it is a little uh, frustrating as we could kind of tell by by uh, by john hogan <laughs> and certainly by chad berman too but but that just shows you they care they want they care what they want for their team and and what and for the league as well and and uh, we'll see what happens uh, it'll be interesting to see on um, what will happen by the time certainly certainly the first game is supposed to take place in the middle of april believe it or not two, just a little over 2 months away
1: and yeah i know uh, it's, and, it's and we crazy. still don't know
2: we still don't have all the details on how exactly how this tournament format is going to look
1: okay let's sneak in a couple more partners and then uh, we'll come back and wrap it up i'll give you my two cents worth and then we can uh, wrap up the show so uh, we'll be back in 2 minutes
3: i can't wait to get to las vegas and check out the fortress going to see the golden knights no stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs?
0: Looking for a big school college hockey experience in a small school setting? Then Maryville University could be for you. Playing in the brand new 2,000-seat Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second fastest growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com.
1: All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Run a little bit longer tonight, but uh, it's worth it. The conversation was fantastic with John Hogan, the head coach and director of hockey at uh, Maryville, and uh, also the head coach from the University of Arizona, Chad Berman, joining us tonight. Um, Stephen, I told you I'd give you my two cents worth before we close it out. I thought John had a great idea when he said there's roughly 20 teams uh, that may or may not, that may or are already playing. Uh, in the ACHA. And I think uh, do that 20 team thing. I mean, COVID test them, uh, you know, it's March now, it's almost a year. Uh, Do the best testing that you can possibly do. Uh, Isolate the teams. It's a one and done tournament. So uh, once the games are played, teams are are going home anyway, if they're not winning. And uh, and at least give those teams that, that put together the effort to play a shot at playing and uh, a shot at a national tournament. Even if you've got to play like in in the University of Arizona's case, like maybe you have to play four games or six games and uh, just do a lot of uh, on ice work and, and be prepared. Those those kids are going to love the opportunity to compete for a national tournament, no matter how abbreviated the season is. So if you can do it safely, and I think there are ways, I think uh, uh, Maryville showing that there are ways there are three Three times a week testing or whatever they have to do, um, do it, get it done with, and let's move on. But uh, that's my two cents worth. Uh, your closing thoughts, and then we'll say goodnight with a little uh, Roger Klein of the Peacemakers.
2: No, I think you're. I think you you're right on there. Yeah, I think you know if you could get twenty teams in there, if that's about as many teams that are playing, then you don't necessarily don't have to worry so much about you know a team playing more games than another. I mean, yeah, that certainly will still be the, some teams will have had a chance to get more into a regular season groove. And, but at least the, every team that has been able to, to play, will have a chance to at least go to the, the national tournament. Or if they can opt out if they think it's not worth going, if they think, you know, it's too much financially, whatever. So then at least leave the option for teams to say, okay, you know, we, you guys can come if you like, um, you know, but, you got to play some at least a few games but yeah i mean it, it leaves it open for that um yeah you got just a you got to worry about the size of of the tournament though is but you're right if you can test them and if it's you know teams are going to get eliminated the first day they're going to leave the next the next day so as the days go on of course the field gets smaller so uh it could work and and yeah i think i think it will be uh interesting to see what happens but i, I like that idea well- i think
1: and I and I also think that that John might leave that back door open for us if we need to get in.
2: <laughs> well, that might be pushing it a little bit. That we don't want. We want this thing to happen. We don't want to. <laughs> if we say we're going to be there, they may say, "Oh no, that's too risky," it, <laughs> and they'll shut everything down. So
1: we should be very careful there. But <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I, a little tongue in cheek, there, folks. No. It's uh, it's not <laughs> something we're going to bust the door down to get in. But uh, I, I can tell you, it's a first class facility. It's first class operation. Uh, We would certainly love to be there to cover it if that would be at all possible. And, uh, Stephen, take it away with your read, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein and the Peacemakers and tell everybody to tune in again uh, next week so we can uh, uh, talk more club hockey. Maryville
2: University and Maryville Saints Hockey has presented Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, also brought to you by Verizon, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Saints Hockey come to the greater St. Louis area and get a first-class education and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment. Wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Ultra Smooth. Arizona-owned. Go to Mexicanmoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypow.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By Summer Skates, doesn't matter what season, we still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. University of Arizona, By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive in the Morning, Relax at Night, our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask, In the Net, Up the Ice, or In Line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and are available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app, ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, is a part of the Ice Time Hockey IceTimeHockeySW.com network.
1: Very well done, my friend. We'll say thank you to uh, Chad Berman, the head coach at the University of Arizona, and also to uh, John Hogan, the director of hockey and uh, head coach of the ACHAD1 program at Maryville University for uh, coming on and talking hockey with us tonight. Um, relevancy, that's my word again, Stephen, that keep your programs relevant, coaches. Uh, the fans want to know about your programs, whether you're on or off the ice, and if you want to build for the future, stay relevant. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro, and uh, talk to you all again next week. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week, everybody.